Yesterday, Peter and I spent most of the day in airports. We, we were four hours in a layover in Boston. So it was wonderful because in those four hours, I got to hear Father Jordy's teaching from last week. And then the Holy Spirit inspired me listening to, to Father to some of the things I want to share with you tonight. So Father ended last week saying to us that the core of the problem in the church is a crisis of faith. And in the plane last night, I ended up going back and reading the three teachings we had on faith do I believe. And it was amazing to go back and revisit and, and read teachings that the Holy Spirit has inspired in our formation as his little victim souls. And I realized we are living now a storm within our Catholic Church. And we need to live this, this storm the same way we've learned from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 4, when God tells Isaiah to tell the people, take heed, be quiet, do not fear, do not let your hearts become faint. And then in verse 9, again, he tells us, unless your faith is firm, you will not be firm. And that's exactly what Father Jordy was telling us. We see that the faith is not firm. And so we see what's happening in the church and also in, in, in our families, in the world. So I had to go back and in part one of Faith Do I Believe, it said this. During the storm, our hearts can feel wounded. Well, think of the storm right now. It might now be the storm of your heart. Remember, there's two ways to live the darkness. All of us in Love Crucified are called to enter the second nail, which is the darkness within our hearts. It's the suffering of solitude of our Blessed Mother. But we also can live the darkness outside of us, like the darkness in the church. And that darkness also affects us. If we've been wounded by priests in the past, those wounds in this storm are going to surface also. And they're going to bring us, they're going to touch upon those wounds. So we need to look in our hearts during this storm in the church and see what's going on. So we can feel wounded. 
as if pierced. And at that moment, when we are feeling wounded, hurt, vulnerable, scared, confused, angry, frustrated, discouraged, or resentful. When we've been shaken like the Israelites, the boat of the church is being shaken by God. And we learned something very important. And I don't want any of us in this community to forget. At that moment, the blessing of the grace of that particular storm is available to us. And what is the grace, the blessing in any storm? The grace of the knowledge of the condition of our hearts so that we can enter the gold of precious repentance. So there is a, a very important prayer as we suffer the shakeup of our beloved church. We must be praying for the grace for our priests, bishops, and cardinals, even the lay people, the entire church, for their hearts to be open to receive the blessing that God wants to give the entire church through this storm, through this shakeup. Remember who you are, your identity and mission. God has told us that our union with his crucified love will prepare not only our hearts for transformation, we, the little ones, the few, the remnant, God will use to prepare the whole church, the multitudes, to receive the blessing. We cannot forget that. For many priests, bishops, cardinals, to receive the blessing God wants to give them, we need to pray more than ever now for that blessing to be received. Father Jordy said also last week, the tendency, the human tendency is to take sides. It's the human way to make opinions, allegations, judgments, criticisms. That is the camp of Satan. We must not allow ourselves to fall in that trap because all of us can. It's very, very easy. It's not beyond any one of us. That is where we fall into the darkness and the trap of Satan. In Do We Believe Part 2, it spoke about coming to know ourselves, 
and to be attentive to what is taking place within us. I have been doing the 33 day with the Council of Love Crucified. Father gave these 33 days to merciful love. And I really am recommending this book to our entire community. It's an entire confirmation of who we are in love crucified in our path. And in day 30, Father Gately says, the whole, the whole retreat is based on St. Therese of the Little Flower, her oblation to be a victim of love. He says, we need to recognize the darkness of our littleness and brokenness. You see, St. Therese lived knowing her own darkness. She lived like Jesus has taught us in the path, wrapped in the gift of self-knowledge. She knew how little she was, how weak she was, but she also was wrapped in the knowledge of the infinite love and mercy of Jesus Christ. And St. Therese says that that is the most difficult for all of us to recognize the darkness within ourselves. And so the question Father Gately asks is why? Why is it so difficult for us to recognize our own darkness? And he says this, exactly also what's in our path. Because the wounds in each of us make us tend to doubt God's goodness and love. We tend to think in a worldly way that says we must earn God's love by being perfect, strong, and without sin. So he asked the question, how do we persevere in faith, hope, and love in the midst of deep spiritual darkness? So that question is important with how Father Jordi was introducing all of this to us last week. How do we live this darkness with perfect faith hope, and love? And the answer is what St. Therese did, remembering. And I was amazed. This is our 10th year anniversary. And what was the theme of this year that God wanted for Love Crucified? Remember. The moment we forget, we lose everything. We lose faith, hope, and love. Our whole encounter 
was to focus on remembering. Father Gately went on to say, the problem is we forget. We enter desolation and we get discouraged as our faith and trust waver, we enter doubt and distrust. And here we come to the last two parts of what God the Father tells Isaiah to the people. The third one, the instructions of God was do not fear. Why? Because my family fear leads to a darkening of our mind, senses, and heart. An immediate consequence is forgetting. Once we begin to forget, we enter confusion. Once we enter confusion, we begin to doubt. And the moment we begin to doubt, we begin to lose faith and hope. And this state of darkness spreads like wildfire among people. That is exactly what is happening in the church. And if we forget, and if we as a community do not remember who we are, and what the Lord has said to us for over 10 years, we will fall in that same cycle of darkness instead of being the light amidst the darkness. The fourth point of God, he says, do not let your hearts become faint. When we enter fear, and enter the cycle I just said, our hearts become faint. When a heart is faint, it's drowsy, it's darkened, it's weak, scared, and becomes cowardly. I also was aware in my travels all day yesterday, the TV in the airport was on and the news of the hurricane was on nonstop, hour after hour after hour. And I saw how easy I could get absorbed in watching that continuous news of the hurricane and how dangerous it was. Why? If I sat in that airport, watching the news continuously, what happens? I lose focus. It brings me, it'll bring us into anxiety. Fear, fear leads to confusion, to forgetting the whole thing. Our society is geared to do that. And we have to be so careful. I realize it's the same thing with the news of what's going on in the church. It is good to be aware, but if we're spending hours and hours reading everything that comes our way, 
it is extremely dangerous because it will have the same effect. We don't need to know that things are bad to read hours and hours of articles. We don't need it because it's going to take us away from what we should be doing, which is prayer, which is remembering what the Lord has promised and keeping perfect faith, hope, and love. St. Therese clung to God's promises of mercy and the memory of his love. Mary believed. Luke 1.45 Blessed is she who believed that what God, that, I'm sorry, that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. Mary's trust was perfect amidst great darkness, amidst even the darkness of seeing her beloved son dying on the cross. She hoped against all hope. Right now, we can look at the mess in our church, the mess of our priests and bishops, and say, how in the heavens is this going to be transformed? It seems impossible. And yet, we must be the men and women that hope with our blessed mother beyond all hope. Why? Because over 10 years, the Lord has been promising us that the transformation of his priesthood is coming. The Lord has been telling us the new Pentecost with the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary united to the Eucharistic reign of Jesus Christ is coming. And we are aiding in all of that. How can we lose faith and hope if we truly believe that? In 2018, I feel the Lord gave me one of the most powerful messages that I think is so beyond our understanding, my understanding, that I can forget. And I ended, I began the retreat with this message, and I ended the retreat with this message. And I'm going to read it again because we need to remember. We cannot forget. The Lord said, I have chosen you, my little one, to proclaim my love crucified to the ends of the world. You, my prophet of these end times, will not be understood, received, accepted by the vast majority of my people. But your faithfulness to fulfill my will will be accepted, honored, and blessed by the Father who sees all and knows all. The few, my little ones, that's each of you, who accept, receive, 
and honor this mission given to you will be blessed by our Heavenly Father. He will multiply your lives given and broken through me, with me, and in me. His power and His glory will fill your small sacrifices united to my perfect sacrifice of love to raise up a holy priesthood to usher in my second coming. Look at what the Lord is telling us, my family. We cannot forget this. He is making us a promise that our little sacrifices that are nothing lived through him, with him and in him, are being given the power of God, multiplied by God, to raise up his holy priesthood. We have to believe the impossible because God is the God of making possible the impossible with the most impossibles, which is us. <laughs> that's why God is God, you see? And that's why we are nothing and we have to be so happy being nothing so that God can be fully all he is which is almighty and all-powerful and all-merciful and all-love. The Lord goes on to explain something that's still beyond my understanding, but that's okay. I just have to believe. I don't have to understand. <laughs> he says, my second coming will come through Mary, with Mary, and in Mary. For it is my Eucharistic reign, he is not speaking about his second coming as the last coming where it's the end of the world and judgment. My little one, the new Pentecost will be the reign of my mother as one with my Eucharistic reign united to the Father. This will be the new era of peace in the world, the kingdom of heaven on earth. This is the great mission given to you and the few that respond. Imagine, my family, we, a bunch of little nobodies, <laughs> are participating in this most incredible mission. It, it leaves me speechless. I can sit here and cry. I don't understand any of it, but I know it's awesome. And I mean, we have to live so full of gratitude that God has chosen us and that we're here. This is all great. None of us are here because we've merited anything. We're here solely because of grace. And then the Lord said something so beautiful. Great will your glory be in heaven. St. Therese of the Little Flower lived on earth 
believing with all her heart that she was going straight to heaven. She knew it because God promised it to her. And she knew that he was going to make her a saint. You see, we have to live with that same faith and hope as St. Therese. How, and the Lord is saying it. He said it many times to us. You will. Those that receive the crown of thorns will receive the crown of glory at the moment of your death. That's heaven. We are a community of saints because God has promised it. So we come to a question from Father Jordy's teaching last week. So how do we know when to stay silent and when we should confront? Well, first I'm going to tell you that nobody can tell us. Nobody can tell me. Only the Holy Spirit. I have to learn to move in the Spirit. In Medjugorje, one of our most recent messages of our Blessed Mother, she said, pray more, speak less. She didn't say, don't speak. She said, speak less. Father Jordi said something so beautiful last week. He said, Jesus for 30 years didn't confront anyone. He was saving souls in silence and humility. What was the Lord teaching us? The power of the hidden life. The power of the hidden martyrdom of the heart. In love crucified, above all, we need to live, embrace fully the hidden life of suffering the martyrdom of the heart. And for that to happen, we must be men and women of an intense prayer life centered in the Eucharist, of silence. And I invite you to go back to the third teaching of faith do I believe, focused on silence. Silence is not inactivity. Silence is active because love is always active. The silence the Lord has taught us is a silence of the work of love. That work of love with God the Father through the Son with the Holy Spirit must become the life of every mother and missionary of the cross. I believe that as we live the hidden life as one with Jesus' 30 years in his hidden life and Mary, we will naturally grow in life in the spirit and will know when to speak. We need to persevere living in the path, like Father Gately calls it, keep trying. 
we need to keep trying. We will learn from our many mistakes. Like we say in Spanish, vamos a meter la pata. <laughs> How many times this happens to me all the time. We say something and we say, oh, there I go again. I should have never said anything. I should have kept quiet. You see, we learn from our mistakes. How many times do we not say something and afterwards we feel guilty? I should have said something. <laughs> we learn from our mistakes. How many times do we lose it and we react from frustration, anger, resentment? We will learn from our mistakes. We must, and Father Jordy mentioned this last week too, we must be faithful to allowing the Holy Spirit to enter the darkness in our own hearts and bring into the light of our consciousness, our own darkness. This must be the life of every mother and missionary of the cross. And we must live the in, this interior process of purification, which is the path, persevering in prayer, adoration, mass, and confession. If we are faithful to this way of life, we will be men and women with the gift of the Holy Spirit of discernment. And we will grow in great discernment of knowing when to speak and when to be silent. The last part of this teaching to me is the most important, but it's 10 o'clock. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it for next week. This last part is called, Bring to Light the Darkness Satan Wants to Keep Hidden. Those are words from our Lord specifically to the missionaries of the cross. And I, I really want to, to spend time with those words from the Lord because I think they're very relevant to what we are living in the church right now. And we have to remember that we are being called and chosen by God as his victim souls precisely for this time in the church. So we must live this darkness fully in our identities as mothers of the cross and missionaries of the cross. So with this part, I, I end tonight. Thank you. <laughs>